When it rains, hit the lathes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting in to my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, you play football? coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another edition of The Standard is the Standard, the BTSC Behind the Steel Curtain flagship podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you as always, and with me as always, my good friend Lance Williams out on the West Coast. What's going on? Color Rush. We're getting close to that Color Rush date coming up. I'm doing fantastic and just looking forward to getting some time off and having a fantastic holiday season. And, you know, I wish you guys a fantastic holiday season as well, Steeler fans. Steeler fans are giving you guys an early Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, four-game winning streak. Was it a four-game winning streak? They're doing really well right now. They're hot, and I know Steeler fans love it. Well, well, it's a three-game winning streak, but I think you just put a little Nostradamus on us there and said it's a four-game streak. I think you're projecting that they're going to stretch this into four. Wouldn't that be something? Lance Stradamus. Yeah, just call me Lance Stradamus. That's 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 it. You know, put your money on me. There you go. Hey, I wouldn't do that personally, but I know you too well. So uh, if if you're listening and you want to, then by all means, go to the window quick. So, (laughs) but uh, let's um, let's start the show off, Lance. I want to get your impression on. The Week 13 win over the New York Jets, 24-14. Uh, that 14 number sticks out like a sore thumb because it wasn't that close. I mean, that was a garbage-time touchdown that they got with about 30 seconds left. I want to know, and I asked this on our other show on Monday night, the Steelers hangover that I do with Brian Anthony Davis. When the game was over, Lance, I want to know what your knee-jerk reaction was. I'm not, not, you know, okay, you have time to think about it or watch the coaches film all that stuff. What was your knee-jerk reaction to the Steelers' win on Sunday? It's typically like it is every week, and I hate to be a broken record. But after they win, after they play every week, I always go, eh, they won, but (laughs) they could play a little bit better. Like, there's always some meat on the bone with this football team. And although they won, I kept thinking about the bonehead penalties on offense and all the bad special teams plays. I keep wondering – when this team is going to play a really good four quarters of football, uh, you know, moving forward. I thought they did that against Kansas City early in the season. Well, you know, when am I going to see a complete game in all three phases? I thought the defense is playing much better down the stretch. I think that's largely due to the way they're playing offense now and the fact that Artie Burns and Sean Davis are starting to play much better. But I'm just wondering, you know, when are we going to get a clean football game in all three phases? Happy with the win, but still thinking, eh, this team is still kind of rounding in the shape, you know, even going into their 13th game. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't disagree with that sentiment that no win has been per. I think the Kansas City win that you alluded to is probably the closest thing that Steelers fans had to hang in their hat on to say, 
a quality win from start to finish in all three phases. Haven't really seen that. We haven't seen that since then. But I'll say this. You said they're rounding in a form. At least they're headed, they're headed in the right direction. And maybe it was the schedule that set up well for, you know, um, they played the, the Cowboys and then, you know, then they play the Browns and then they get lucky with the Colts and not having Andrew Luck at quarterback. And then the Giants come to Heinz Field, which if you don't know how big of an advantage that is for the Steelers to be playing at Heinz Field in December, I think they've only lost something like nine games since that stadium opened in 2001. It's a huge advantage for the Steelers. And now they're prepping to go on the road. You mentioned this, though, and I wanted to, I wanted to kind of start the show out with this. I get really sick and tired of the, of the Tomlin haters. Uh, it's just it, – I understand when that four-game losing streak, everyone was frustrated. I mean, for crying out loud, Lance, you were even saying that maybe it was time for him to go. He made changes, and he made changes that, in my opinion, weren't just um, – like part of the perfect example is the Jarvis Jones not starting. Well, hell, anyone would have been able to say that. I mean, he just isn't that good. He's not what they want. He's not what they need. So you sub him out. But the other changes that he made, like benching Robert Golden and putting in Sean Davis, letting Artie Burns play more, putting William Gay at the slot, these are changes that they could have really backfired on him. And early, early on, especially with Artie Burns, it looked rough. But I give Tomlin a lot of credit. He could have just sat back and said, you know what, we're going to let this thing play out. He's done it before. But, no, he made changes. Do you agree with that sentiment, or do you think that's all superficial and that ultimately there's still a lot of coaching issues? I don't think there's a lot of coaching issues. I mean, I think you're right. The needle is moving up. I'm not going to give him a ton of credit, though. I don't think – when you look at their roster, I don't think he had many options. I mean, of course he could have not done it, but I don't think he had many more options. I mean, Sean Davis gives them a lot more athleticism and versatility if you put him on the field because he can also play in the slot because he played cover corner. He was a cover corner uh, in college, and he played corner uh, you know, for the Steelers and was a slot corner for the Steelers early in the season. So, you know, some of the moves – I think they had to do. They didn't have to do, but they kind of had to do. And I don't think he had anywhere else to go with the moves. But you still got to make them. So he gets credit for that. Uh, you know, I think they got helped a bit by the schedule. But but it's but it's all gravy though. I mean, it happens. People get injured. You know, they didn't have they didn't have to play against Luck. You know, they played against Cleveland. So that's two wins there. They beat a quality opponent in the New York Giants, and they get them at home. So it all works. And it's kind of all work to the benefit. So I think it's uh, it's sort of all things combined, not necessarily just coaching decisions. I don't think it falls too heavily on that. It's just a, a sum of all the parts that has started this ball rolling. But the one thing I will give the coaching staff credit for is because they finally realized they don't have a legitimate number two wide receiver, so it forced them to make it a Le'Veon Bell-driven offense where it probably should have been at always. As soon as he came back, it probably should have been a Le'Veon Bell-centered offense, and this is how they should have been playing offense with him at all times. So I'm glad that they kind of tilted the offense towards Le'Veon Bell and prioritizing him and his touches and reducing the number of throws, like you've been saying all year with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you. Um, Sammy Coates breaking his fingers, same thing. I mean, it really has made their offense revert back to a balanced approach. And I know Roethlisberger and Haley always say balances are – Objective. Well, how you look at the first half of the season, it wasn't that that, that wasn't balanced. That was pass happy. Uh, and then Le'Veon Bell comes in, things start to change. But I will say this defensively, I hope fans realize that Keith Butler, I, I, I think he's a straight shooter. I mean, when it comes to his media sessions, if you've ever watched one, you go to Steelers.com every Thursday, that's when the uh, coordinators get interviewed. He tells it like it is, and they'll say, Coach, why aren't you blitzing? He's like, well, our back secondary is really young, and 
not really sure if they know what they're going to do and stuff like that. So we're really not too looking forward to, you know, sending a lot of guys. You saw down in uh, Miami and games like that where they blitzed a lot and their back half was giving up big plays. And you can see now the trust is there. The coaching staff is putting in plays and schemes and personnel moves that are working. And it's because they're not, you hate to say this, they're not really rookies anymore. I mean, Artie Byrne, Javon Hargrave, Sean Davis, they played a lot of football this year. And so it's almost like the stage isn't too big for them. And I can see this as simple as something as watching Artie Burns make a tackle. Go back to that Miami game, which was one of the most dreadful games I've seen the Steelers play in a long time. And a lot of that came with Roethlisberger's injury. But defensively, there were plays where Jay Ajahi was running at Artie Burns, and Artie Burns almost looked like the little Giants where the kids were saying, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. I mean, he wanted nothing to do with tackling him. And then you fast forward to Sunday, and he's coming up and making big tackles. He leads, he, has, he has a tie, three-way tie with seven tackles, which led the team. That shows progression, and that shows why Keith Butler is now being able to open things up more um, from a defensive standpoint. Are you seeing that same progression with not only the rookies, but the defensive scheme, getting more comfortable? People are people like Ryan Shazier are, are seemingly healthy again, and they're next to Lawrence Timmons. Like, are you seeing that cohesion, or is it just the fact that they're playing really crappy games? No, I would agree with you. I do see the cohesion. It's surprising that they're playing better and more consistent football and getting more pressure consistently without Cam Hayward. It's like when Cam Hayward went out, it freed them up to do different things with Stephon it. And when you watch how they're starting to utilize it, and this is a nugget that I can give to the coaching staff, he's playing three technique, five technique, seven technique, and he's playing some wide nine as well. So they're moving him all around like a little chess piece and trying to get him identified on some favorable matchups for him in pass rush scenarios. So they're doing they're, – they've definitely done some good coaching, uh, you know, over the course of the last several weeks. I think it's a sum of all those things, but, you know, they're definitely doing some good coaching. But when you look at the rookies, they look a lot more comfortable. And you know, Jack, from playing sports and, and, and people listening to the show, once you feel more comfortable and the game starts to slow down and it doesn't feel too big for you, you start playing to your athletic ability. You start playing with confidence, and thus you start making plays. And I noticed Artie Burns making tackles, and I've also noticed that Sean Davis in this last game, a lot better at tackling, much better angles, much more certain more physical, more forceful, and you see that with all of the rooks. And so as they start to play and get better, you've also seen this defense be more comfortable with what they're going to do and Keith Butler's more comfortable in how to utilize those guys. Because you know as a coach, Jeff, if you don't know what a guy is going to do, it, 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 it puts you at a, such a deficit as a coach, he might make a great play, on one play. He might make a bonehead play on the other play. You'd almost rather have, okay, I know he can't tackle, so we're not going to put him in positions where he has to tackle. We can coach around that. But, you know, when you when you have a level of uncertainty that you had with the rookies early, it made coordinating that defense very difficult. And as those guys start to stabilize, he can really start getting into the things that he really wants to do as a coordinator. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. 
There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Absolutely, and so it's it's interesting to me this upcoming matchup with the Bills, and we're going to talk about that at length. We're going to, you know, we're going to make sure that you are totally prepared for what the Bills might throw at the Steelers and vice versa on offense and defense. But before that, I wanted to talk to you about the division and the AFC playoff picture. It's come that time where we're in the final quarter of the season right now. Is we're we're entering that, I guess I should say, and let me break down the playoff picture for you in case you don't have it in front of you. The Raiders and the Patriots are both at 10-2. and two. Due to tiebreakers, the Raiders are the one seed, Patriots are the two seed. The Ravens, who's being the third uh, the third best uh, division leader, are 7-5. and five. They're the third seed. The Texans are the fourth seed, AFC South leaders at 6-6. Six and six. That's a three-way tie, though, between Houston, Indy, and Tennessee at 6-6. Six and six. The fourth seed, I'm sorry, the fifth seed is the, uh, the Chiefs. They're nine and three. The Broncos are the sixth seed at eight and four. The Dolphins and Steelers are seven and five. The Dolphins are the seventh seed based on the fact that they have the head-to-head win over Pittsburgh earlier this year. It's going to be interesting. I wanted to talk a little bit about this with you, Lance, because we we had been saying for weeks that the Steelers' only way to get into the playoffs is by winning the division, and that is the easiest way. You're going to guarantee yourself a home game. You're going to guarantee a higher seed, which you know. You never know what's going to happen. If you win that wild card round, you win upset in the divisional round, you could possibly host the AFC Championship game if you have that three seed. So that's a possibility. It's still very alive. We're going to talk about that. But I wanted to talk to with you about your thoughts on the rest of the, of the AFC playoff picture because I see the pack falling back to the Steelers. Even the Chiefs, you look at this AFC West, and that's tough. It reminds me of the AFC North back a few years ago when they had three teams represented in the AFC playoffs. But the Raiders and the Chiefs play Thursday night. But listen to Baltimore's final four – I'm sorry, not Baltimore, Denver's final four games. Okay, they play at Tennessee. That's no gimme. They're on the road. They're having quarterback issues right now. So they're at Tennessee this Sunday. Then they go back home to play the Patriots. Then they go to Kansas City and finish up against the Raiders at home. That's a tough four games right there. They're 8-4. They're only one game ahead of the Steelers. You could see potentially the, the, the wild card is now opened up for the Steelers again if they can win some games. What is your – let me pause you, Jeff. Let me pause you, Jeff. Let me pause, you. Let me pause you, Jeff. Let's do it this way. Give me – if you have the schedule of the games that these teams are going to play, I'll give you what I think they're going to go – and we'll get into the final record and see where it stands at that point. So with okay. Denver, I think I think they go one and three. I think they lose to the Pats, KC, and the Raiders and finish one and three. Okay. They they, they go right, one me, and three uh, in that stretch. One and three, so that would put them at nine and seven. You've got Denver at nine and seven. Got it. Right, yeah. Now we go to Kansas City. Kansas City is the fifth seed. They are nine and three. They play the Raiders on Thursday night. They play the Titans at home. Both of those games are at home, mind you. The Broncos at home, and then they go to the Chargers to finish up the season. So, what do you think about that? I think they go three and one. I think they'll. They may not need the Chargers game, so that's the game that I'm picking that they lose. I think they beat the Raiders, Titans, and Broncos, and they go three and one okay, in so the AFC West. You're saying twelve and four. Yes. Right. Okay. Very good. They wait a second. Well, let, let me back up a second because you said you think they win the AFC West, so that means you have to look at the Ra- the Raiders' schedule. So the Raiders are at the Chiefs, at the Chargers, home for the Colts, at the Broncos to finish up in Week 17. They're ten and two right now. I think they go two and two. I think they lose to KC 
and they lose. Who was the second team they played? The Chargers. I think they lose to the Chargers on the road. Yeah. I think they lose both of those okay. games and win the last two. So I think they go 12-4. Okay, I'd have to look at the tiebreakers, but you're thinking that KC would be the top seed. So let's look at the Patriots here. We'll just go through the, the contending teams. Um, home, the, the Patriots have the Ravens at home on Monday night this week. Then they go to Denver. Then they host the Jets. And then they travel for a Week 17 matchup against the Dolphins. They win all those games. You mean they win all four? So they're going to finish 14-2. and two. All right, very good. So let's get into what everyone – this is one that is tough for me, I think, because I look at the Baltimore Ravens. Their finishing schedule is they go to the Patriots on Monday night. We just talked about that. They have one more home game. That's against the Eagles in week 15. Then they go to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field and then to Cincinnati to finish up the season. What do you think? This one is tough because I think they lose to the pass. They beat the Eagles and they beat the Bengals. I am tempted to say they beat the Steelers. I mean, they've, they've owned oh the Steelers gosh. the last two years. Let's, let's get real. So I'm going to say they beat the Steelers uh, at home. Just name three and, and one. Finish, they go three and one down the stretch. That's a 10 and six record. I can't believe you just said that, but I'm going to, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to keep the show going. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Houston, the AFC South. They have a game at the Colts this week, uh, home versus the Jaguars, home versus the Bengals, and then on the road against the Titans to finish it up. I don't think it matters with the South. They'll only get the division winner in. I don't care who it is. They're not going to get two teams. Okay. So, whoever right. wins, we'll it, wins it, that's it. Very good. I agree with that. I'm, they're not getting two teams. So, let's go to, really, the only other two teams that matter at this point in time, and that's the Miami Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Miami Dolphins, uh, they are currently 7-5. and five. They have a home game against the Cardinals, and they go on the road to the Jets. Then they have a road game against the Bills and finish up with the Patriots at home. Uh, I think they'll win that Pats game because – no, actually, they'll lose that Pats game because I have a Pats winning out. Uh, the Bills game is out on the road or at home? That is on the road. I think they lose that game. They beat the Jets, and I think they lose to the Cards on the road. So I think and they go one and one and one they and go one. One and three to close it out. So that means they finish with an eight and eight record. And so let's go to Pittsburgh. We know what their finishing schedule looks like. They go at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, home versus Baltimore, and home versus Cleveland. Um, I don't want to give you the first game because I want to pick the game later. Uh, but I think they beat okay. Cincinnati, they lose to Baltimore, and they beat Cleveland. You know that you're finishing nine and seven, possibly ten and six. We'll know if it'll be ten and six oh when I give you guys the Bills pick at the end of this show. <laughs> we'll know if it'll okay, be ten so and six. But but ten and six, from what it sounds like, I think ten and six will get them in. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is I'm looking at your numbers here. And so we would have for the division winners, the number one seed do your, through your projections are New England would have the number one seed. Oakland would be the two or Kansas City, it depends. Uh, Baltimore would be the three. The AFC South would be the four. But then, depending on how Pittsburgh would finish, it would be between Denver and Pittsburgh at nine and seven. If they finish ten and six, they would be in as the sixth seed. But nine and seven, it would come down to tiebreakers between them and Denver as to who would get that sixth seed. But what I'm saying is, is that the wild card, in my opinion, I think you're saying the same thing, is a viable option now, looking at the remaining yeah. schedules and looking at the way the Steelers are playing now. So we'll do a little cliffhanger here. Okay, we're going to put put this on pause. We're going to shift gears to that next game on the Steelers schedule, Week 14 against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to give you the keys to victory. We're going to give you our projections, projections, predictions, picks, whatever you want to call it, and then we'll come back and revisit these and see what we think for the division 
as well as the AFC playoff picture as we sit now entering the last quarter. So I'm going to go ahead and go first, Lance. I hope you don't mind. In terms of the Steelers' offensive keys to victory against the um, the Buffalo Bills defense. Now, for me, I look at this Buffalo Bills defense, and they're pretty stout against the run. But really, I think people think Rex Ryan. They think about his brother. They think about defense. This Buffalo Bills defense, especially statistically, just doesn't add up. I mean, they do the exotic stuff. They're going to send blitzes from all over the place. Um, Roethlisberger is going to have to be on his keys in terms of where the pressure's coming from and where he can go, where when that's coming. I definitely do think this is a game, though, that Pittsburgh can come into the game thinking we can throw to open up the run. I think they're going to try to load the box, and I say this all the time. Um, if you want to stop the Steelers' offense, Lance, you said it too, you have to stop Le'Veon Bell. So the, the Steelers could be smart with Le'Veon Bell, come out and really work those short intermediate routes, get some – you know, get Ladarius Green, Jesse James going down the middle of the field. That's where the Buffalo Bills are vulnerable, but their secondary is not very good. They struggle against the tight end. They struggle against top receivers. Well, guess what? The Steelers have Ladarius Green, who all of a sudden is emerging into a pretty big playmaker for the team, and they have Antonio Brown, who, go figure, is the best in the business. So I think that the Steelers, although balance is the key, this is a game that I look and see that the offense can help the defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense, if they can get a lead, the, ball, the Buffalo Bills, they, all they want to do is run the football. They're not good at throwing the football. Um, Tyrod Taylor has his accuracy issues. We know he's very mobile. LaShawn McCoy is one of the best in the business. But if they have to throw to get back in the game, it, you are dictating what they can do. So I think this is a game where if the Steelers can get an early lead. They're calling for snow. It's going to be cold, windy. It's Buffalo. What do you expect? I think the Steelers could very well use their passing attack to give them a lead and then hopefully turns the Buffalo Bills offense in very one-dimensional, easier to defend for the Steelers' defense. Other than that, I think if the Steelers protect the football, I like their offense against the Bills' defense. I just think that the Steelers have too much firepower. With Le'Veon Bell, the offensive line is really starting to get some push. That was a criticism both you and I had Lance, them earlier this year. You watch that Giants game, there were times where, especially the end, fourth quarter, where they needed to have those long, sustaining drives, and they were getting those, and they were getting pushed. Le'Veon Bell was getting three, four, five yards a clip. They were getting field goals out of the – they were getting points out of those drives. They were playing keep away. That was impressive, and that's why I like the Steelers' offense against the Bills' defense. I just don't think the Bills' defense – they have playmakers, but I don't think they have enough to actually stop the Steelers' offense. It would take the Steelers, in my opinion, to implode, to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties, with turnovers, which we've seen it happen before. But I think this team is trending in the right direction, like we talked about earlier. I like the Steelers' offense in this matchup. What do you think about the offense, Steelers' offense going against the Bills' D? I mean, when you look at the when you look at the Bills' defense, especially against the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders were really able to spread them out, run the football, and really attack them downfield. I think what I saw in that game is if you can pass protect, you're going to have opportunities against the Bills' defense. And the Steelers' offensive line is one of the best pass-protecting units in the National Football League. I think Ben will have time, and I think Ben will be able to make plays. I don't think you have to rush it against the Bills per se, because of the way they play offense. But, you know, I, I think there are going to be opportunities and plays to be made against Buffalo, particularly in the passing game. And I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, they've really been Le'Veon Bell heavy. The elements may have something to do with that. But I, I think the Steelers, if they don't turn the ball over, will have plenty of success on the offensive side of football. I agree. I agree. So go to the defense. Let us know what you think about the defense against that really unique matchup with that Buffalo Bills offense that runs the ball so well. It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Ask that question again, Jeff. My, my headset went out a bit. I said, just let us know what, what are your keys to victory for the Steelers' defense against that Buffalo build offense that they, they've really won the ball. They're, they're really good at running the football, and I think they could pose some issues. Um, what do you think about the defensive approach? I always start with a run. And this one is very easy. And I want to send a big shout-out to my cousin, Malik, if you're out there listening. My cousin called me, was confused about which show that I was on. So, Malik, if you're listening to the program, it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> anyway, let me jump into the rhyme. And it simply goes like this. If you want to get to 8-5 and five and make it all gravy, stop shady. And it's more than just shady. But when you look at the Buffalo Bills, I mean, the Buffalo Bills run the ball better than anybody in the National Football League. And I just want to give you some numbers with their rushing attack. They lead the National Football League with 23 rushing TDs. They're averaging 5.4 yards per carry, and they're averaging 162 yards rushing per game. And they give it to you in all type of ways in the running game. Zone read, power, uh, option plays scrambling with Tyron Taylor running because he's an element in their run game as well. So they're going to give it to the Steelers and present a certain amount of challenge in the running game that they haven't seen since they played against the Dolphins. And we've talked about it on numerous shows. There is a distinct difference with how they play against the run with Cam Hayward as opposed to when they don't. And we saw the last time that they a really good running offense in the Dallas Cowboys we saw how that looked. So they're going to have to really tackle well and really be sturdy up front. Here's some other numbers when it comes to the rushing attack for the Buffalo Bills. Of course, it all starts with LaShawn McCoy. He's averaging five and a half yards a carry. First among qualifying running backs for the rushing title. Nine runs of 20-plus. Nine rushing t- TDs. They have another outstanding physical back in Gillisley who's averaging 5.9 yards to carry, six TDs on the ground. And Tyron Taylor, the quarterback, is averaging 6.4 yards per carry, which is close to what his yards per attempt are, which is 6.6, which shows you he's a threat with his feet, and he has six rushing TDs. They really have to be disciplined. They have to really get in their run fits, and they're going to have to tackle, be physical, and finish, because if you make Tyron Taylor have to make plays on third down, they're only 14th in the National Football League in converting third downs, then you're at an advantage. If you let them run the football, get in the run in the red zone, you're in trouble. They're sixth in red zone offense because they run it so well, and surprisingly they're averaging 25 points a game, even more than the Steelers, and that's largely because they can run the football. Richie Incognito is the guy that really gets it going for them, and a matchup to watch for is, of course, is the big guys up front, and that's Matthews, Hargrave, it, and all the other big guys up front against Incognito, Groy, and Miller. Now, one thing, though, that I think the Steelers have an advantage in this game, and it's surprising that I say this, is Buffalo, from a pass protection standpoint, is not a really good offensive line in terms of pass protection. They've given up 35 sacks, which is 29th in the National Football League. They're worse in the National Football League in adjusted sack rate. I think this plays to James Harrison getting hot and becoming 
you know, Debo that we've known in the past. Look for the matchup between him and Jay Mills. In the passing game, look for the matchup between Cockrell and Burns against Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was dinged up earlier this week with a foot. He may go, but the Steelers, this is a double-chin strap game. This game is going to be won in the trenches with the front seven. If they can stop Shady and neutralize the run, they're going to win the football game. But like Jeff said, this is a game where if you can get out to the lead and really take away the run game from the Buffalo Bills as an option in their offense because they're playing catch-up, then you really win the game. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think Buffalo is going to run it okay, run it pretty well. So this is going to be on the offense to get out in front and get that lead and really help this defense. And they're going to have to play some keep away on offense as well to keep the ball out of Buffalo's hands because Buffalo's going to want to run it, run it, run it some more to keep the Steelers off the field, keep the clock churning and score touchdowns and shorten the game. But I think the Steelers' defense is up to the task. I think they're going to play better. They know what's coming, and it's coming fast, consistently, and steady. It's that Bills running game led by Shady McCoy. But if you want it to be all gravy, stop Shady. Yeah, you're right now. The uh, Wednesday, today our show is always recorded on Wednesday, but um, Sandy Watkins did not practice today with that foot injury that you mentioned, so that's something to keep note of. Um, Robert Woods with a knee was limited. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. I agree with the defensive key. I mean, if you stop the run, if the offense can get a lead, and just, I feel like the Bills are one of those teams that's very similar to Dallas, like you mentioned. Well, you're never going to completely shut down the running game, but if you can have those timely stops, they did it against Dallas except for the last drive where the third and ones where you stand tall and you force a punt, um, you know, your third and threes where you don't allow them to run the football in that area. And then when they do have to pass, when they're in third and tens, if you get them behind the sticks for whatever reason, you really need to put your put pressure on the quarterback. You saw Khalil Mack have a field day uh, against the Bills. Now, he is a tremendous talent, and the Steelers have no one on their team that's even remotely close to his skill level. But at the same time, like you mentioned, I think they're very vulnerable there. So let's get down to brass tacks here, Lance. Your prediction and your score for the game on Sunday. I say the Steelers win the game. So that means they're going to go 10-6. and six. I think the Steelers win this game 24-17 in a very tough okay. physical ball game where – they, where the Bills are sort of playing catch-up during the game and they get a late score to make it a little bit closer than it is. I am going to agree with the victory. I think that the Steelers are on their way. Um, we're going to talk about, we're going to revisit that playoff scenario here in a second. I think the Steelers win a lower scoring game, 24-13. to 13. I think the defense stands tall, gets a timely second-half uh, turnover that's going to really separate the two teams. Um, I like the Steelers. I, I just, when I look at, and as I always do leading up to the show, I look at the offense, and then I look at the, the opposition's defense. I just think that the Steelers have the weapons to exploit their weaknesses. It's just a matter of whether they can execute. On the road is tough. On the road, the Steelers have struggled. But they are 3-3 three and three now. They've won their last two road games. This is not a cakewalk team. So people that want to give me the whole narrative of trap game, lesser opponent. That's BS. This is a six and six team. The Steelers are only seven and five. They're not going to overlook the Bills. They know they're going to come to play. It's going to be fun to watch on Sunday. So as I promised, we left you on a cliffhanger here with the AFC playoffs scenario. You have the Steelers finishing ten and six. So that tells me see you had the Steelers going 10 and 6, the Baltimore Ravens going 10 and 6. It would have to come down to tiebreakers. This is where I disagree with you, Lance. I don't think the Ravens go 3 and 1 in their final four games. I think they lose to the Patriots on Monday night, and I think they lose to Pittsburgh on Christmas Day. Um, the Steelers against the, Ben Roethlisberger at home against the Ravens is very, very good. I think he's only lost maybe one game against the Ravens at home. So I like the Steelers on Christmas Day. 
I think that game, because if you look at the logistics, if the Steelers win Sunday, 1 o'clock, well, the Ravens are going to know what they're going to have to do on Monday night. So if the Ravens lose Monday night, the Steelers are going to already have a one-game lead, and then they go into their next week, week 15, and week 16, they meet up head-to-head. So in terms of the scenarios, I have the Baltimore Ravens at 9-7, and seven, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 10-6, and six. the Steelers would be the number three seed, um, the Ravens would be between them and the Broncos at 9-7 and seven for that final sixth seed. Well, so you still like the, the Ravens, and I'm sure we'll talk about that coming up. But as, the, as of your predictions, 10-6 and six would, have been, would still get them in the playoffs, I guess is what you're saying, right? 10-6 and six still get them in? I think 10-6 and six will get them in, but, I, I, you, know, you know, they're going to be holding their breath. I mean, if, if they have their druthers, obviously they'd like to win out. But who's your sixth seed in the playoff scenario? Um, well, I'd have to look at the tiebreakers, but it's going to be between Denver and Baltimore. So it would be either Pittsburgh hosting Denver or Pittsburgh Pittsburgh hosting Baltimore in that in that wild card round. In terms of my projections, if I had to choose, wow, that's either way. I, I choose Denver. I'd rather go against the rookie quarterback or, or the inexperienced quarterback. You know, be it exactly. Simeon or, or or Paxton Lynch instead of going up against a guy that's won a Super Bowl in a team that knows you very well in the Baltimore Ravens, who, is, who aren't afraid to come in Hines Field. Uh, so, um, you know, like they came into Hines Field last year and won, but that was without Roethlisberger, obviously, Mike Vick. Uh, but, you know, Baltimore isn't necessarily afraid of the Steelers. So definitely, if that was the scenario, I'd rather have uh, Denver with a rookie quarterback. It's going to take well, a lot, though. And it is. It is. It's not going to be easy. Even that Cincinnati game is not going to be easy. Vontaze Burford's going to be back. There's going to be a lot of emotion tied to that, even though it got flexed out of prime time. But the one thing I want to say about this is a lot of people are giving projections now. The Steelers crapped the bed midway through the season and lost four games in a row. I can honestly see everyone outside of the Patriots, because the Patriots' final four games are pretty soft. I could see all the teams that are in the playoff picture right now, they could potentially drop three out of four games. Like we said, you said Denver could. I could definitely see that. I could see Kansas City going into a slump. I mean, their defense is good, but their offense doesn't impress me. I've never been a huge believer in the Oakland Raiders. I think that they are kind of overhyped for the amount of times they've been able to come back and they have those crazy endings where – you know, they go for two last second instead of kicking a few, uh, an extra point. They, they're good. I'm not saying they're not good, but I'm just saying that I'm not necessarily a believer in that. So a lot can change between now and then. It really can. And so it'll be interesting to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. But the one thing to remember, and I keep telling myself this, the Steelers hold the keys if they just went out, which is my next question. Do you think it's possible? Like, can you see this team actually running the table for the regular season? Even if I have them beating Baltimore, I, I I don't know. I mean, this team has a weird game like it did last year against Baltimore on the road where they played like dogs and lost that game. So you said the last four games for the Steelers are it's Baltimore, the Bills, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. Uh, yep. They could run the table. I mean, they they, they could run the table there. I mean, I could see it. Um, You know, if they beat the Bills in Cincinnati, they're going to run the table. Because if they win the next two games and they go into that Baltimore game um, at 10-5, and uh, no, they would be going into the Baltimore game at 9-5. and If they win another two in a row, they're rolling. They're going to close the season out at 11-5. and Part of me thinks that's going to happen. You know, but I, you know, I, I just don't know right now. Them against Baltimore. Baltimore has their number right now. Um, so you know, that's the game I think is the scariest. And I think this game against the Bills is going to be a lot more difficult. Although I think they're going to win than people think because of the way that the Bills play offense, and because we've seen the Steelers struggle with their run defense without Cam Hayward. So you know, they're all going to be tough. Could they do it? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to do it? No. I think they'll drop one of them and probably finish three and one and finish ten and six. Okay. I, don't, I think most people would be accept, would accept that. Um, there's a large contingent that has that thinks to themselves, well, 
if they don't run the table, they're not going to make any noise. I disagree. I think this team is getting better. I think if they just get in, they can make some noise. I think they could beat any team, including the Patriots. It would be tough, but they could beat any team that they face, especially a Patriots team without Rob Gronkowski. Keep that in the back of your mind, too. My next question has nothing to do with the Steelers, but before we wrap the show up and before I give you a chance to kind of talk to Steeler Nation, as I usually do, to finish out the show, this has to do with the AFC North, a team that's already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns are 0-12. I have to ask, put your Lance Stradamus hat on, do you think the, the Cleveland Browns are going to win a football game? Their final four games, are you ready? They host the Bengals this week. They go to the Bills uh, next week. They play uh, the Chargers at home, and then they finish up with the Steelers uh, on the road. Oh, and 16, baby. Oh, and 16. And it couldn't happen to a better city or a better team. Because if you're from Pittsburgh and you're a true Blue Steelers fan, screw the Browns. The Browns going 0 and 16 would be lovely. It'd be absolutely fantastic. They're going 0 and 16. They suck. Look, I, and there's no incentive for them to win right now. They might as well suck, get the number one pick. I think that would give them two top ten picks because of the deal that they did with the Eagles. So suck and get two picks. You know, and you know, I was you know, I was listening to another podcast about tanking and, and they're tanking right now. And no coaches don't call zero coverage against five wide outs and you have five verticals going against nobody in a secondary. But just watch it who they play. They're going to play a bunch of rookies, which means that they're trying to lose games. If you play like seven or eight rookies, you're trying to lose. Rookies are guys with two or a few years of experience. You're trying to lose. They're trying to see what they have on their roster, and they're playing for next year. They're trying to identify their deficiencies. They don't even care about winning and losing. This feels like rec soccer or even club soccer where you know you're bad, you're just working on fundamentals every day at practice. You're not worried about the games. They're actually just playing games because they have to play games. If they had their brothers, <laughs> they would just practice all the time and try to get guys better. The games are the games. They know they're going to lose. 0-16, holla. <laughs> I think I heard someone say that the Cleveland Browns are putting the 0 in 2016 and 0-16, so – it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to win a football game. I don't see it either. They would join the Detroit Lions as the only teams that have gone 0-16 since the expansion, and they've gone to the 16-game schedule. So I digress. I give you the table, my friend. Go ahead and say, speak to the Steeler Nation, whatever you want to say, leading into week 14. Steeler Nation, every week the Steelers lose or have a losing streak, you guys complain about Mike Thomas. Well, riddle me this, Steeler Nation. Your coach could be Riverboat Ron, Ron Rivera, and your team could be talking about Tygate, suspending Cam Newton for the first series because he didn't wear a tie and violated team rules. Derek Anderson throws a pick. They get blasted 40-7, to I think it was. See ya. Bye-bye, beat it. The Steelers have been relevant every season Tomlin's been coaching. It is hard to win games in the National Football League. Be careful what you ask for, because you could have Riverboat Ron as your head coach. And the last thing I want to do, because you guys know I'm a number guy, so I'm going to give you one number. 24, and no, I'm not talking about the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. 24 is the number of times that Bud Dupree, according to pro football faux quarterback. And, Jeff, you want to know what that resulted in? Zero sacks. Zero sacks, zero hurries, and zero pressures. As much as we're talking about the Steelers, Possibly winning out, going 11-5, and five, being able to beat everybody. 
Blanche Dupree is going to have to play better. He's going to have to start warming to the task, and that defense is going to have to play even better. So I want you to put that number in your mind. 24 equals zero plus zero plus zero. The pass rush is going to have to get better, but the team is on the uptick. It seems like they're warming to the task. This looks like the team that, you know, had a winning streak late in the season to win the AFC North a couple of years ago. Tomlin's a good coach. They're getting this team better, and they're playing better at the right time. And the next time you want to complain about Tomlin, your coach could be Chuck Pagano. Your coach could be Bill O'Reilly. Your coach could be, hey, Mac, Mac Cabral, Chip Kelly. Mac, I know you're listening to the show, so you know I got to give you a dig because you said Chip Kelly was a genius. Yes, he's not a genius right now. It's good in Pittsburgh. It could be better, but it's good. Well, you know, you're a numbers guy. I'll give you a number, and it's very relevant to kind of what you just talked about, number 12. No, I'm not talking about the blonde bomber, Terry Bradshaw. That's the number of snaps Jarvis Jones played in week 13 against the New York Giants, 12. Compare that to Anthony Chiquillo, Bud Dupree, James Harrison, and even Arthur Motes. They are piddlings compared to those guys. You heard it here first, folks. I'm going to say that by the end of the season, you could see Jarvis Jones inactive for a football game. I think the Steelers are fed up. They're done giving him chances. They're moving on, essentially. But 12, Lance, 12, 12 defensive snaps out of, I think, 54, 53, if I'm correct. I want to say they had 60 offensive plays, 54, 53, 12. I'll bust off. You know what? You know what I think about that? That's 12 too many. (laughs) So that's my theory. Put them on Put him on special teams. Yeah, that's the truth. But, hey, uh, good show, Lance. I appreciate all your time and effort, as always. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We'll see you next week, hopefully, as the Steelers extend their winning streak from three games to four. We'll see you next time. Bye. When it rains, hit the lathes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs> 